someone jumped into Twitch the other day and was like, Hi, I'm an anime cat girl. I just fell and broke my glasses. I'm so embarrassed. And It's a classic anime cat girl. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yep. <laughs> and they like kind of ignored it. And that was the end of that? Uh, nope. And then they were like, yeah, and when I'm at school, all the boys pull my shirt up. And I was like, huh, this is weird. Uh, don't know what's this. <laughs> and like other people like that I know were hanging out in the Slack and we all just kind of like were ignoring it. And then they just started talking normally, like talking about Sims or Star Wars or whatever. And it got fine. Yeah. And then it was like 10 minutes past and they were like, I'm still going to hang out, but I'm going to take a nap. I was like, okay. And then a couple of minutes later after that, like, oh no, they broke into my house and they took my shirt off. What am I going to do? <laughs> Like, they keep stealing my shirt and pulling my shirt off. I'm so embarrassed. That's and, actually and, an amazing bit. And I had to warn them a few... I was like, comedy. okay, you're you're playing out a kink. Like, you're doing a roleplay kink in my Twitch chat? This is odd to me. Um, you, you gotta stop, please. You have to stop. And they just wouldn't. <laughs> and like, it wasn't in response to anything I was doing. It was just purely, like, this weird performance they were putting on. Um, it was That's kind of fascinating. It was pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let me, let me put the... Uh, the that's why we need live chat when we podcast so we could have uh just sudden interjection of role playing <laughs> no one anticipated want to get started uh i don't know i'm not really in the mood yet <laughs> <I'm being honest. laughs> all right uh sure all right what is this 1991 yeah 91 variant cover b 91 variant cover b all right let's do it the year is 1992 nope bad start rough start Boo. Not it. Not it. Boo. Oh, man. The, oh, the Twitch chat's filling up with booze. <laughs> Get this bozo out of here, they're saying. The year is 1991. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is my marvelous year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club, where we're going through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, the comic book journeyman, and today I'm joined by Dave Busing, comic book expert, and at this exact moment, I think Father Journeyman. You know, because I think Father Journeyman. Yeah, I no, think as you that doesn't I, work. No, it does because I think you know you you are a, a father neophyte with no children, a father apprentice with one, a father journeyman mm. with two. And you're about to upgrade to father expert, craftsman, master, so, father. Oh, father what master. Is, what is this? What is this class system that you use? Is this a D and D thing? Like, I don't. Is this from your your time um, as a swordsmith? No, it's like trade. Trade like metal electricians energy? and contractors. You know, are uh, right. But you are not, you are not one of those masters. things. So yeah, like, but we are. This so. language from. Well, I mean, you can apply it. Like, <laughs> Dave, if I've learned one thing during this show, it's that reading comic books is a trade so it's 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 as respectable as any trade oh fully fully agree like that's why when my siblings tell me you know i have my doctorate and you don't i say au contraire i have read enough comic books at this point that i am essentially a doctor Mm -hmm. but i i think of things in terms of mastery in terms of doctorates all of which i have in comics not in terms of blacksmiths (laughs) blacksmiths <laughs> which is how you describe <laughs> the journey um but i i like that every time i add a kid apparently i i add skill points i level up mm-hmm. um so that's exciting but yeah no we're you're you're we are recording right now you'll become a, ma- a master father soon yeah i like i like father master or master father i think father master is what i would prefer the kids that kind of uh, sounds like a ass. marvel villain to be honest actually you know what the father master let's, let's stop talking about this because there's no way i'm not going to make father master into a my Marvelous Year shared universe character. Yeah, yeah put that one in the background. That's definitely yeah. a character uh, that we should be adding soon. Uh, but yeah, so this is My Marvelous Year, going through the Marvel Comics history um, from Origins to today. This is a variant cover. We're going to take some listener questions today as we take a little breather in the 1991 reading. If you're curious what comics we are reading in the My Marvelous Year Club, the only curated list of all the essential Marvel comics, again, from Origins to today. We are currently in 1991, approaching 1992. 
You can find all those comics in the show notes. You can also find them over on patreon.com slash this year if you want access to the full list. But otherwise, we got like a lot of really good listener questions that I think we'll try to tackle. But what Zach is alluding to, for those of you who do not know the ins and outs of my life, um, which is fine. I, li- I like a healthy distance. I was actually thinking earlier today, Zach, I would like to be, I'd like to be the level of famous mm-hmm. where I could retire from my day job, mm-hmm. but not the level of famous where if someone searches for my name or for Comic Book Herald, more likely, mm-hmm. that the next word that Google auto suggests is wife. I don't want to be famous enough that people know me so well that they really just want to know how hot my wife is. Like that's a level of fame <laughs> yeah, that I see for like you know like baseball players or like celebrities, right? Like male ones specifically. Um, it, even though it doesn't have to be, that's just like been my experience. Where you know you start typing in one of the names and like one of the most like frequently uh, suggested well, searches. Well, one, with it's feet. It would be like Dave wife. Busing feet, and then the second search would be Dave Bu- Busing wife. Yeah. Why would it and, be feet? Oh, he's, he's, he's a sweet child. Uh, you're already That's on my fetish. I don't have a feet thing. Well, I know, but it's you know it's out I'm there. I'm saying no. You're, I, you're know, already. I think you're naive if you don't think you're already on Wiki Feet. Is what I'm saying. Well, that's okay, but that's I guess that's maybe that's another tier on the fame chart that I also I don't want to have my own wiki feet thing. I, you know, I have been thinking. I don't know about my feet. I don't know that my feet would really do anything. But if I recorded episodes from the waist down, man, would my audience grow? <laughs> Excuse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I, right? Uh, uh, no, no, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not hearing successful disagreement. Regardless, yeah. I was thinking that's the level of fame that I think is comfortable. For me. Um, and uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So uh, so if you don't know the inside of my life, that's fine. Um, but we will be having uh, another another little baby abusing, right? So we got yeah. Von Doom. We got Big Barda. And we got a third. And we don't determine the name because we don't know uh, who or what they're going to be until we meet them. But that's coming soon. So the big exciting news here is I am going on sabbatical. Uh, I will not be recording episodes for a good long while. Now, at the time that you hear this coming out... Um, the next few episodes coming after this are going to be like 1991 part what six uh, six five, yeah so you're going to be on seven ninety one six I've recorded seven all of these ninety two so part one and two for yeah. months yeah but at some point at some point in the distant future probably in August there will suddenly be a wave there will be this massive wave and you'll be questioning what's happening you'll be you'll be confused your listener you'll be thinking where is Dave what is happening. What is wrong? Why am I so where, upset? Where is this bass? To... Where's the bass voice that I've been craving right. and missing? Bass, yeah. how low can you go? You won't know. You won't know for weeks and weeks because I will be on sabbatical and it will be Zach and and friends for a good long while. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to our first question here today, Zach, mm-hmm. which is, how long is the sabbatical? And they asked me in the Slack here. Uh, again, this is the My Marvel This Year exclusive Slack if you are interested in joining the world's greatest community of comic book readers and fans and just friendly folks, you can find access to that over on patreon.com slash year. Uh, how long is the sabbatical? Uh, I honestly, who's to say? Honestly, it could How long does it take a baby to grow up? No one for knows. a very long time. Um, you know, it raises an interesting question, Zach, which is to say, what is stopping me from outsourcing my Marvelous Year? And to answer that question... There's really only there's really only one thing, and it's the adulation and the undying fervor of my many fans. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think, yeah, what's stopping I you from not being a host? That is of, stopping me. From I mean, not it, it's the that the podcast wouldn't do as well because we need you're you're an integral part of this podcast. That's, work. Honestly, that's good. Yeah. Honestly, that's great. Like I would love it if if when I leave. It tanks. You know, it's like that thing. It's like that thing of, like <laughs> if you go on vacation for a while. Yeah. You know, it's like you don't want the job to be too easy for everyone else. Right? Yeah. Like, well, you don't want to leave and, like, come back and they're like, it was no problem at all. Like, yeah. that's not a good thing yeah, sure. for you in your job. So when I don't record episodes, I'm going to be advocating that people delete downloads. From their <laughs> <phones>. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, they actually yeah, please down- don't No, sit. of course not. Yeah. Um, but, but long story short, the sabbatical will probably last uh, throughout the month of July 2021. Yep. Like three, three or four and, episodes. Uh, and and we'll I've, go got some, I've got some exciting guests lined up, and I've got a few more invites pending that I'm excited to hear back from, and uh, we'll figure it out. Also, I'm going to be running the last variant cover of 1991. I'm going to be doing something that Dave would never allow. 
pretty excited about is that. This my, is this my recording from the waist down idea? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty open to that these days. Um, I don't, uh, I, I'm curious what that might be. All right. Yeah. I'm keeping it secret. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's go. Let's stop. Stop talking shop and get right into these questions, Dave. <laughs> I, I did stop. That was one of the questions. Yeah. <laughs> Technically. J-Pop asks, this is for you, Dave. If Stan Sakai is the Greg Maddox of comics, who was the Roger Clemens? I don't. I know Stan so Sakai. So I, I actually but had an immediate it. answer for this one. I, I don't even remember saying this, but uh, but J-Pop has referenced this a couple times. And I was, you know, I was referring, so Greg Maddox is a Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh, remarkably consistent, also like very good at like changing his style kind of through the decades. Roger Clemens, for those of you who don't follow sports, Zach, mm-hmm. is um, he was one of the best pitchers of all time. And then in later years, like very, very clearly was like one of the heavier steroid users. Um, he's kind of I do actually famous, know that about like, Roger Clemens. That's like <laughs> the, the steroid yeah, use specifically. Yeah, yeah. That's, I don't, yeah, that, I don't like, know that the definitely other crossed a, a level of like public consciousness. Um, like him, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, you know, that kind of congressional hearing. That was a, kind of a big deal. Uh, but for me, so the answer actually was very easy for this. I just didn't want to answer because I knew we'd be talking about it. Uh, it's Warren Ellis. No questions asked. Warren Ellis mm, throwing sure. 98 miles an hour heaters. Um, made incredible comics, made absolutely incredible comics, now has a legacy that is absolutely tarnished <laughs> and will not be recovered. And when people think about that creator, they will think about the tarnished legacy he is definitely the Clemens. Um, there was a follow-up question here that is also baseball-related. Zach, do you know Randy Johnson? I know you don't follow sports, but like, do name, you know Randy name Johnson? Name sounds familiar. I don't know. No. Well, that's from all know. the porn you watch. But <laughs> it's <laughs> Randy Johnson is a super tall pitcher for the Seattle Mariners who um, threw incredible heat, left-handed pitcher. He's like he's got to be like 6'10". He had a cr- like wild mullet. Yeah, I don't stretch. like the sound like, of this guy. That was his thing. Too but tall. he ruled. No, he's my, he's my favorite pitcher of all time. I was a huge Seattle Mariners fan growing up. Uh, not any, didn't live anywhere near Seattle. I just loved Ken Griffey Jr. I loved Alex Rodriguez once he came out of the scene, and I love Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez, Jay Buhner, the whole the lot, the lot. Uh, so for Randy Johnson, Kyle here says in the Slack, it's got to be Mark Silvestri or Jim Shooter based on height. Now before I say who my pick is, Zach, do you have any concept of like how tall comics creators are? I do not. No, I have no idea. Mm-mm. I mean, I would, uh, unless, I feel like this is a thing for people who go to a lot of cons. Yeah, sure. And honestly, I've been to like three. So I, I don't, I couldn't tell you like who, I guess Jim Shooter. Like Jim Shooter is famously tall. Um, I guess I knew that. But otherwise, I, I never know how tall comics creators are. That would be kind of a weird. <laughs> I just Googled tall comic writers and Google said, did you mean black comic writers? So I don't. <laughs> those, <laughs> those are not that close, Google. Yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. Uh, interesting read of that query. Yep. No, no. Um, Google so for me, for me, Randy Johnson uh, would just have to be like a comics creator that I historically love the work of and is awesome, but not like the best. Like, I don't think he, I don't think anyone would say Randy Johnson is like literally the greatest pitcher, you know, so that rules out like your Alan Moore is your Grant Morrison or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like it's Jonathan Hickman. I kind of feel like Jonathan Hickman is the Randy Johnson of comics creators. Um, they're just like kind of an anomaly. They're doing their thing and they're great at it and they're fun to watch. And uh, and they would kill a bird. They would kill a bird. <laughs> oh, is he? Is that him with the bird? That... He's the bird killer. Guy, okay, that uh, meme, which yeah. is like just okay. this miracle yeah. of uh, of timing. So, all right, there you have it. If we if we want to do more baseball pitchers as comics creators, it's too far up my alley, and it's so not up Zach's alley. Yeah, yeah. Did the, <laughs> so, save this for a solo. So pod. just at me in the Slack. Yeah. Um, all right, I got. A, I have another question here from Tyler J. He uh, he wrote this on our Patreon. Um, said he, he's talking about my ultimate year. He said, another episode down and one step closer to catching up. Oh, before I continue with this question, should just uh, mention yeah. it here. Dave, uh, speaking of Dave leaving, he has actually officially left my ultimate year. I fired him, uh, to be clear. He just he wasn't caring. <laughs> he wasn't caring Zach, his way. Zach, and... Zach often likes to claim significantly more power than he has yeah. any right to. Yeah. But in this instance, it worked. Yeah. It was. I was so surprised that he could turn and fire me for my own podcast that I could not <laughs> offer a defense of any sorts. And it's true. It's true. I was kicked fired off. By my, fired in my co- podcast by my own podcast. Um, he, uh, yeah. So uh, Dave, Dave's out of my ultimate year. Uh, for real, he, he just is taking a step back because he has enough on his plate uh, being a busy comics man. Um, 
And uh, we have a new host, and if you've been listening to My Marvelous Year, you've heard her already. It's Ashley from Bookish Realm. She hosts, she guested on the episode we talked about Deathlock, um, and she's doing a great job. We've already recorded two episodes. One's up on the Patreon Early Access feed. The next one goes up uh, August 1st. So um, go check that out, because uh, if you're, you're not listening to My Ultimate Year, you know, it's another fun podcast from, from us. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a podcast where we read through the entire Marvel Ultimate Universe. We are rapidly approaching Ultimatum. Mm. A number of listeners we just... <laughs> have, uh, have suggested that I need to at least come back for the Ultimatum episode, which definitely... Like, you know, I, I've joked a bit about, you know, adoring fans. That's that's the clearest sign of our listenership wanting to hurt me. Yeah, you know, sure. I think that I've ever seen is, is I, the number you of know what? I, you have... oh, come read Ultimatum. But actually, I'm pretty excited to do it. So, Zach, when you guys get there, I will 100% be willing to read Ultimatum and well, talk about we'll, it. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how your next performance review goes and if I allow you back. But we... Well, uh... I, know I'm, I know I'm not welcome <laughs> in the building anymore. Like, I'm very aware. I keep stealing badges and sneaking in, and, and, like, I put on those very phony, you know, mustache and glasses, and you naturally are like, Dave, you, you need to leave. But for Ultimatum, I will try again. We just read and covered, we, we just recorded the um, the first batch of Jeff Loeb's Ultimate, or Ultimates, Ooh, which is, like, a nice preamble three, huh? to Ultimatum. It's insane. I didn't hate it. It's... Do I need to... You didn't hate it, really. Do I need to read those again and potentially reevaluate my worst comments no, of all time it's, list? No, it's not good, but, like, it's fun and it's, like, it's one of the dumbest things you've ever read, but it, like, moves and it's, you know, so so stupid that it's enjoyable. That That's a... Well, I, I it got was, uh, some it was of the, good, bad. Yes, yeah? yeah, exactly. Actually, the art's okay. really good. I think the art's good, good, and the art, like, makes it kind of fun, which the writing is good, bad. Um, and some of those choices in that comic are so... I, I got, like... I think for the first time recording a podcast, like, the giggles and couldn't fight through them while I was talking about that. Like, I couldn't <laughs> push out the words because I was laughing so hard about how stupid something was. Anyway, okay. Yeah. He writes, uh, I'm curious to why you and Dave kind of just breeze through talking about these issues, especially Spider-Man, without really talking about some of the side plots. Uh, you didn't mention the Morbius stuff or any of the stuff with MJ struggling with Peter dating Kitty. To me, it's understandable because you guys have actual jobs, families, and an insane workload with MMY. So it makes sense that you do more of a quick rundown on the 20 plus issues you do per month. I only ask because the MJ part specifically kind of hit hard for me, mostly because, like you guys, I love Peter with Kitty. It's so cool and original. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead. Um, as I was reading them, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to hear what Zach and Dave think about this. And it never got brought up. Either way, not a criticism, because I think you guys <laughs> are awesome, and I appreciate the insane amount of work. But there was there was there were ultimate Spider-Man comics with Morbius in them, and we didn't even mention Morbius. <laughs> that's hilarious. That that I don't actually know if that's true, but that sounds right to me. Probably. Um, he, he, and he he says some nice things. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. He like he, he's been listening to the whole thing. Um, I, I just thought this is a, an interesting question about our process, which is we probably would have gone over that in the early days. Uh, I think we have yeah. realized it is a make for a much better podcast to skim and hit the things that stand out to us, especially on the ultimate year where we're reading everything from Spider-Man. So when we're in issue 95, you know, like, because we kind of talk about, like, what is this artist? What is this writer bringing big picture often, you know, and the big story beats? So, like, the ninth episode where we're talking about Brian Michael Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man, you know, we're, we, we've kind of milked everything we can from Brian Michael Bendis and... uh Mark Bagley's, like, formal choices that they're bringing to the comics. Um, so for that, it's, you know, part of just trying to keep the podcast about an hour long, trying not to, you know, go, go listen to the early My Marvelous Year where they were 90 minutes long and we were talking beat by beat about these comics. And I think what we're doing now is uh, much more successful. Yeah, yeah, much to my chagrin. Yeah. Um, I No, I mean, I've always advocated for, I like talking bigger picture more. I think it makes for a more interesting conversational experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I am... I'm a little too far on the scale of you should just read the comics and not want to get plot from others. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm a little too far on that level because I'm a maniac and I read too many comics. Um, but I, I, and I, I don't necessarily kind of try to like pull us back the other direction a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, for like, sure. For sure. I, I, I think usually, there's a balance to that. Yeah. My, my con- idea is like talk enough that we have the context to like frame the conversation around. So if you're not reading them, you can still like feel like you know what's going on because a fair amount of people listen to the show without reading, you know. Yeah, like, no, right. And you're people right. use it to decide um, what they want to read, 
you know, so like, I mean, you know, yeah, there's a fair amount of people who just don't read the comics and they like to be able to keep up. And I think, I think what we do does a good job of that. I, I will say it happens pretty often that we finish recording an episode and I finish and go, ah, damn it. I meant to bring up that, like this moment. I really like that moment. That happens all the time, you know, and it's just like, sure. well, it happens and you got to move on. Cause, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to bring it up. Again I mean, later. I think the other big thing too is like, if something is a middle of the road story. Yeah. We're not going to dig that deep into yeah that's if it's if we think it's amazing we'll dig pretty deep into the specifics if we think it's horrible and a train wreck we'll dig pretty deep into the specifics but if it's just kind of and i think this applies to bendis ultimate spider-man especially at that stage when you get that far into the run where it's all just kind of fine and it's especially with that ultimate year stuff it gets tricky because it's like an eight episode or an eight issue stretch of bendis bagley spidey from like issue 60 to issue 105 there's not that much variation yeah you know, they're, yeah. they're very similar in terms of quality. So you can only say, oh, yeah, this is okay so many times mm-hmm. um, before, honestly, it gets a bit tedious. And they're just, yeah, I don't know, we're looking for new things. I think, you know, another thing just in terms of, like, podcasting process and talking about things is, like, I absolutely do not take notes anymore. I used you know, to, yeah. Refer to, like, the 60s. Like, we would take, I think, both of us, like, pretty copious notes. I think in some ways that's very helpful, but in other ways it's not practical. And uh, it also becomes a lot more rigid and less free flowing yep. and interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah I so I, I think like it's I don't know. There's there's pros and cons to that. But at the end of the day, too, like we're not. I guess you usually read the comics like the day we're talking about them. But that in my is, case, I'm that's just why like, I talking about what I remember, which yeah. is going to be somewhat limited <laughs> inevitably. Yeah, that's part of like me. My my process with this is realizing like, hey, I just read them. The 24 hours before we record, that way I don't need to take copious notes because that doubles the amount of time that I'm taking to to prepare for this. And I don't really need to, especially now that we're not talking about the plot beat by beat, issue by issue. So, which I think, I think. Yeah, I mean, if if like we're going to read an event that I know I'm not that into, like Operation Galactic Storm, I just won't read any of it. I'll just trick Zach into reading all of it and I just won't touch it. Are you kidding? And uh, and that way I'll totally trick him when we record. He'll think I've read it, but I won't waste my time. Yeah, I'm not. I don't even want to dig into that because that better be a joke. Um, I don't. I don't want to find out if it's not. Joke. Uh, Speaking of Galactic Storm, good point. Ninety two, part one is Galactic Storm, and I just want to tell everybody: don't read it. Listen to the episode. I think it's one of our that's bad advice. It's a great bad. It's a great episode. Don't read Galactic Storm. Read great episode. Bad advice. Wonder Man number seven. Read whatever comics you want. That's the whole point no, of this club. No, no. Read Wonder Man number seven. Captain America four hundred. Captain I, America. I think you can say it's not very good. Lower your expectations. I think telling this club not to read comics is bizarre. It's it's. I mean, <laughs> that's you, the whole drill. Yeah, it's 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 not. If I if I truly felt it shouldn't be read, it, it shouldn't be on the list. Well, that's, you know what I mean. You're yes, yeah, I agree. No, but I think in this case, it actually should be because of the Avengers history, of the fact that we don't touch those characters that often at this stage. Yeah. And because it is, it's at a big event and they're trying to do something with Avengers. Obviously, we talk about it in the episode because there's plenty to talk about. Um, but I think by the end of it, even if you, if you like, you, do you literally need to read every time of that? No. If you want to skip around as you're going, of course. Yeah. You and enjoy. skim through, yeah. Um, but I, I do think you will by the end of it, come out and be like, this is, I have a feel for what 1992 Avengers is like in a way that you wouldn't if you don't touch that that event. I think part of what I'm like, part of what I'm targeting is people who basically are like, oh man, well, this is a batch of comics that I'm not that interested in. And then so they stall out. And that's like, these are the points where people get stuck and they drop out of the, you know, like trying to keep up. Uh, and, you know, and then I think by to, 1992, like, you should... You should know yourself, know thyself that's a little more clearly. Well, that's you know? why I was um, I was giving the, the along from jump. If you're new I was given the maybe. reading list within the reading list, you know the 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 curated reading list of the curated reading list. So um, yeah, but your your picks are weird. Your picks are real weird. No, nah, it's it's good. Those are, those are the only three that I liked. So that's weird. <laughs> the criteria. Um, Dave, this is your third kid. What's your go-to lullaby when you're trying to get the baby to sleep? This is from Dayan in the Slack. Uh, currently. It is the DuckTales theme song. Ooh, it's a good uh, It is dun, often, dun, 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 often dun, whatever dun, show dun. I'm watching with the youngest, uh, I think, is is that's usually pretty successful uh, in terms of calming the old babe. Uh, I, I think with actual babies, um, a lot of the lullabies wind up just being songs that I know the words to. So, like, <laughs> Buddy Holly's, um, uh, what is it? Um, 
All My Lovin', uh, The Beatles, From Me to You. Um, what else do I do? Uh, uh, Wilco, uh, My Darling. <laughs> Are you doing just like Tribe Called Quest, but like, you know, slowly and softly and speak, I don't speak know, singing it? I don't know like extended sequences of hip hop lyrics in a way mm-hmm. that would be that I could really pull that off is the thing. And the and the baby knows. That's the thing. Is like the baby is a tough critic when it's like dad you can't rap and you don't know the words and then it's yelling and screaming and now you're you're further away from sleep than you've ever been. So that that backfires heavily. He continues, Zach, what is the song you most frequently sing to your wife and does it put her to sleep or make her want to fight you? I don't I don't sing uh, to or at my wife very often so that's not uh i i put her to sleep but i usually read a book my wife i definitely don't sing to my wife yeah um actually that's not totally true like i might sing like avet brothers in a past life to like woo her oh boy that guitar get the vocals going get some wooing on donna Um, bella donna are you listening (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's the only one that's the only one i ever did um now yeah now it would be more singing at them uh and it's I, honestly i can't think of anything. I, there's a question you skipped over here that i like from kyle which is asking uh what's your favorite marvel child character oh yeah yeah in the spirit of this is an, uh, this is an easy one kids. for me this is a good yeah. question so that kyle here references you got franklin and valeria richards power peck shogo zach which you don't know about luna daughter of quicksilver crystal Artie, leech taki molly hayes which again you don't know about um do you have a pick here? Do you have a favorite child? I like Artie and Leech. I like Power Pack. Okay. Artie and Leech are pretty great. I, I like Artie and Leech just from like the one, I think it was like, th- there was one batch of comics where I was like, oh, they're cool. Like Louise Simonson did like New Mutants or something with them. Um, but my pick would be Kitty Pride. Like by a mile, Kitty Pride. Oh, well. She is 13 when we meet her, I guess. Yeah. I guess you could call her a child, but when once you're a teenager, I, I think you're out of the child. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think, it, besides that, none of these other characters like... I'm excited to see. So it, it's going to have to be Kitty Pride for I like me. Valeria a lot um, in my experience. I think it's actually a pretty tricky... I mean, Artie and Leech are great. Like, they're awesome. Um, and there's a version of, like, all-ages comics that could be Artie and Leech-focused that could be absolutely delightful. I, it is a tricky thing where I think if you look across Marvel and, and definitely DC, too, where it's like, who are the... I guess actually DC now is like the Super Sons kind of thing which is fun but I, I like molly hayes a lot she's part of the runaways um i just started i don't know there aren't there aren't a ton of yesterday. just like just kids yeah that are really great because marvel's so teen focused yeah know? well i mean you um, don't, oh you, you know put you seven year olds in mortal new, danger <laughs> right like that's well that's the thing well you could alter the story i guess that's the other part of it too is like who we, we left off here is um uh moon, moon girl, girl and devil know, dinosaur Luna yeah. Lafayette. yeah um yeah she's she's great uh but like you know Marvel doesn't make kids comics well. They just don't. Like and they're kid rare comics exceptions. for kids. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like comics that are, and I guess there's Aimed some. At, like the under 10 crowd, yeah. Yes, and there's some irony in that because like historically, like that's actually like Secret Wars, you know, is maybe more aimed at that than it is at me. But I love it the most. <laughs> um, and I will fight any kid who says otherwise. But, uh, but, you know, they don't actually make, especially now, especially now, right? Like the comics are geared towards teenagers and or grown adults who are pretending they're not teenagers mm-hmm. and um like they don't I, I, they've made like uh franklin richard's boy genius by chris heliopolis is a series that is very good but otherwise they've literally outsourced their all ages production to i think idw yeah their marvel action series yeah, right yeah, now yeah. so like marvel's thrown in the towel in a lot of ways um dc for all of their just kind of just absolute mess of planning um they do actually have like very clear like ya graphic novels Mm -hmm. you know that they're making or like they have a book coming out for example called johnny constantine and the meanest teacher that's going to be written by ryan north that sounds amazing like so they're doing smart stuff like a like hellblazer constantine as a ya book yeah calling him johnny that's super fun it sounds awesome (laughs) yeah yeah it sounds super fun um, so there's there's stuff and then you go I think, you know, <laughs> the kid goes from that and then straight into the uh, the Enos run right right but like Ennis. that's the thing though it's is Ennis. like it's not in terms Ennis. of <laughs> you, do you say Ennis or Enos I'm sorry I'm gonna start saying Enos because I, keep saying... I feel like he would I feel like he would be on board with any <laughs> yeah you think that's funny that yeah. Enos, right? <laughs> I don't know why I say that that's okay. his that's his thing um it, they just they don't make ongoings for they don't make ongoing kid comics yeah 
either of them. Obviously, Power Pack was an attempt at that, but that was one of my criticisms of it when we talked about it was like, this is not actually for like young kids. No, it's, you know, it's a little that. too, it was a little uh, too complicated for kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like mm-hmm. trying to have like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't seem like it was trying to capture like, this is a, you know, an easy to follow, you know, kids adventure that they would go on. It was kind of just like X-Men, but younger. Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah. at this point, at this point, I don't think I would argue in favor of Marvel or DC, like putting out a very clear line of on like the Marvel action series, even right. Yeah, I don't actually even think I would argue in favor of doing that in ongoing shops. I would say just do what <clears throat> DC's doing with clear, going to be at the Scholastic Book Fair, yeah, Beast Boy, novels. That like Wonder that's Woman. how kids consume books. That's where you get that. They had that Wonder Woman one that was like a little bit more YA about like um, refugees that I read. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, yeah, that was the artist uh, Lila Del Duca because I talked to her about that. Hmm. Um, I didn't know that. Can't think of what it. Tempest, Tempest Toss, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the DC stuff is very YA. Um, but I, I think like when I, when you have kids, and as my kids get older, you know, when they're six, seven, it's like okay, what are the books that I'm gonna put on their shelf that have Spider Man on them? You know what I mean? It's not gonna be Craven's Last Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's not going to be Stanley Steve Dicko. It's not going to be Dan Slot Run. You know, none of this stuff is applicable for a reader of that age. Um, maybe, maybe I'll want to read comics to them. You know, but like the easier stuff, definitely to get into the medium is is going to be fully established. So anyway, that wasn't the question, but something I think about a lot, like just how kind of open that space is still. Yeah, I guess that's, that's part of too why Marvel and DC aren't owning that space, right? It's it's creators like Randa Telgemeier, it's the book like Dogman, um, it's manga, obviously. It's, not, I mean, right? it's, 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 it's IDW doing properties, right? Like Sonic Comics and Adventure Time Comics. Sure. And some yeah. of that's boom, I think. But yeah, that's interesting, because I, I think like Marvel and DC somewhat are setting themselves up for future failure by not um, creating audiences of the future, you know, by not like... I mean, the MCU does that now, right? Like, kids love the MCU. But, like, as far as comics go, like, how how often do you see a kid hanging out in your comic shop now as opposed to when you were a kid? Like, when I went in comic shops when I was, you know, 13, 14, there were a bunch of other teenagers going in. When I go into comic shops now, it's all people my age or older. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it's also mostly. that I, I don't go to a comic shop that's, like, in a mall or accessible by walking. So, you know, maybe that's part of it. Um you know, my, my bias of that, my specific store. But, uh, I, I, you know, I wonder how true that is. Like what, uh, what zoomers are reading and how often, how many of them are reading comics, man, you love connecting to the zoomers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a zoomer, so that's Zach the zoomer. Yeah. We're all saying it. Yep. Um, I got a question here from Tyler. He writes different Tyler. This is the synaptic scoundrel Tyler. He writes, it's karaoke night at the first annual, my marvelous year con. What are you singing? Oh boy. What are you singing, Dave? At the first annual My Marvelous Year Con, mm-hmm. I think I would start with the X Men th- animated series theme song. You mean just like the instrumental, like instrumental? Except every time there's a break, I go X Men, X Men, like that. Okay. Okay. So it's like right, and then yeah, I think once then you know the libations get flowing, everyone starts feeling comfortable. Then I'm probably gonna do. Mr. Roboto by the sticks. Oh, okay. Is that right? well? Like, here, here's the thing. I, I think that's that's the night ender. That's how I end the night. Okay. For sure. Um, what's your pick? Well, I I mean I don't have a comic specific pick. I I kind of just took this as a what do you sing at karaoke? Is is Mr. Roboto a a normal? Karaoke well, that's not that's song not comic specific in my mind. I mean, I guess no, it's it not. That's what I was asking. Like, thematically, is that something? Do you do culture, karaoke no, much? That's... I mean, not lately, but <laughs> do I do karaoke? Yeah. No, I never. You've never done karaoke? <laughs> I used to go to karaoke all the time uh, in college. No, I've performed live. I mean, in a in a you know, I've performed in a band. Really? Basically karaoke. I didn't know that. But no, I've never like been to a karaoke bar. All right, tell me a little more about this band. We've talked about no, this. No, I've been in I don't think we've talked. I've been in a blues this. band, I've been in an indie rock band with friends, you know, kind of in high school through college, and then in college I was in like a covers band. So we played like just rock versions of basically pop hits hmm. um and we were not good but it was fun Do you just go to open mics and stuff no they had like battle of the band stuff hmm. oh, that that we'd fun. go to um play that. bars with yeah i definitely didn't like i definitely didn't know that about you That's there's nothing quite like being in like you know kind of like like a indie distorted you know rock band like going playing like pumpkins hits or something 
um, at a bar with like the over fifty crowd who yeah. just wants to like <laughs> just wants to slug beers and listen to the Eagles. <laughs> like like there's so uh, well, I, I had the op- opposite experience when I was in my like outlaw country band which is we'd go to like a college bar and we'd get up it's and then, so much cooler that you call it an outlaw country well because we need to start adding cool adjectives we would try to idea. you know stick on that you know uh, david allen co and johnny cash and willie nelson well you st- like, you would stick them up after yeah right you guys would rock but we you know it would be late that's like friday night at a uh, a local like college bar and we'd get up and sing like my rifle, my pony, and me from uh, Rio Bravo, like, yeah, <laughs> or uh, you know, some old like Civil War song that we uh, we amped up, <laughs> something like that. Um, for me, karaoke, I think. Uh, I mean, honestly, some uh, some country songs like uh, Guy Clark, L.A. Freeway, uh, Johnny Cash. I like Twenty Five Minutes to Go and Folsom Prison Blues. Those are good songs that I I know I can. We are, could are in we my... could do a Folsom Prison Blues duet. I think Ooh, that would be, be good. Yeah, acceptable. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what's you, oh, well, you haven't done karaoke. Coming. I was going to ask it's you. It's rolling around the bend. I mean, I do karaoke every time we record. Yeah. No, I have all those <laughs> clips less. saved for uh, for an album I'm putting together. Um, oh, okay. The, yeah. the first My Marvelous Year, uh, Davey Oki singing i was gonna ask yeah. you like what uh you know if you had any bad karaoke memories but you haven't done karaoke so i'll, I'll give one I of mean, mine uh, if uh oh well if you have something. i mean i had like a work outing that was karaoke that was unfortunate that was that's Ooh, a bad what, what did you sing <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't do anything i was just i'm talking about just listening to other people try to sing uh, uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a uh, little painful the word oh you know what's a fun one for karaoke the um the cake version of uh I will survive. Yeah, I could see that. That, that that's a fun um, one to sing because uh, it's a uh, it's it's a little easier to sing, but like you can you can put some oomph into it. Uh, the the song that I <laughs> I messed up the most once is I went up and did um, Harry Nilsson's lime lime in the coconut. Is that what it's called? Or is it just called coconut? Yeah. Okay. You put the lime in the coconut. You drink them both up. You put the, that song. I know that part. It yeah. just keeps going. It goes and goes and goes. Yeah. And I was it, when you miserable. asked the question, I was thinking. So like, Mr. Roboto's pretty long. Like that's like a five minute song. But if it keeps the energy know? up, that's fine. Like lime in the coconut is low energy, but then it just goes for four minutes and drags. Yeah. Like yeah. if it went for one and a half minutes, it's kind of fun. Four minutes, it's miserable, and it, yeah, you just are like, please get me off the stage. That's my that's my favorite thing to do with the jukebox is to put on like you know because it'll be like three or four minute pop hits but then put on like all of Miles Davis bitches through. <laughs> I had a friend who uh, we went to like an absolute dive townie bar and uh, <laughs> he goes on and this is when they just got a new jukebox that's like internet connected you can pay a little extra to like get anything on it right so this is like mm-hmm. two thousand I don't know. 12, 2013, just went on and started putting on Sea Rose, <laughs> like the the Icelandic po- post rock band. Um, yeah, yeah, just, just incredible stuff. Uh, okay, letting uh, people feel those feelings gotta... <laughs> as they drown their drinks. <laughs> as Yonsi sings a uh, you know a, a made up Icelandic ish language. Um, yeah, you know, uh, a My Marvelous Year Con though does sound increasingly appealing. Yeah, I don't it sounds think we're fun. there yet. No, but I think yeah. we're getting. Uh, I think we're getting to a post-pandemic world where that could be fun. I mean, um, we we could we could uh, like I might be coming to Chicago again this October, if uh, you know pandemic continues to taper down for the same conference as last time we met. Um, and you know, having like a meetup in Chicago that'd be fun. What if this time we went to the conference and uh, and your wife got to go record with a... with your wife? Yeah, <laughs> she got to go to my marvelous year. Con. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I got one more. I got a couple more questions, but here's one from, uh, oh, well, they asked for, uh, let me see. Uh, oh, you wrote, <laughs> you wrote about Metroid Prime. Do you want to, you want to get into that? Oh yeah. Okay. Let me, uh, let me pull up the results. So I put up a poll today. So on a previous variant cover, I don't remember when. A while ago. You and I yeah. talked about some of the scariest games we've ever played. And I obviously referenced, um, I obviously referenced Metroid Prime on GameCube, which was real spooky. And you you not only you not only said like, oh, that's not the scariest game. You flat out deny that it's spooky at all. Yeah, I don't I don't okay. consider it horror whatsoever. Like right, that's like saying like Zelda Ocarina of Time is scary because there's like no, it is spiders. not even yeah. close to the same thing. And I'm not going to relitigate 
this falsehood with you. Okay. But I will say that Nintendo had their big, the day we're recording this, they had their big uh, new announcement of games, whatever people call that. E3, thing. yeah. And uh, there's uh, they announced a new Metro game, okay? And so that got me thinking, I need to resurface this on Twitter and see what the people think. So I asked, is Metroid Prime spooky? Okay. And I was a little surprised by the results here, Zach. Mm-hmm. Okay. 44% of people didn't understand the question. They said, <laughs> what? They didn't They didn't understand. Yep. 19% of people said, nothing scares me. So that's the Zach camp. Yes. All right. That's that's the individuals who are Ooh, like, I love a spooky game. I'm, that's just, it's not a spooky I'm super game. brave. Yeah. I can play anything. 36% mm-hmm. said, so spooky. So what I'm seeing is a lot of people agree with me. That's what I'm, that's my interpretation. Yeah. Like one in, of this day. <clears throat> one in three. Yeah. One in three cows. Right, and, and you did, you so it's, did it's put your thumb on the scale by agreeing with me like that. Um, yeah. I, I just don't understand. So somebody in the comments too referenced an actual scene mm. from the game. Where you have to use is, the, the Zach, heat just, visor. Let me, yeah. well, let me, let me paint you a story here. Okay. Let me paint you a story. You walk into a room. Mm-hmm. It's dark. There's eerie music playing. Mm-hmm. And there are, you suspect, invisible aliens space pirates who yeah. wish to do you harm yeah but you can't even see them because they're so sneaky and they're blending with the surroundings zach this is literally the platform for the gop but in metroid <laughs> prime it's made manifest that's a good joke this fear it's actually there theirs isn't yeah i just okay? i simply lower my that's, heat that's sensing spooky. visor and start blasting missiles all over the room and it's no big deal yeah in because... an absolute panic in an absolute no, I scared calmly, to death, methodically. Panic. You're flipping visors yeah. and you're firing plasma like a maniac. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I disagree. Um, that that new Metroid does. I, look how a can you deny spooky. that that is fearful? That is that is. That's on. like uh, you know I'm right. Okay, listen. You walk into a dilapidated old house. A circle of ghosts mm-hmm. is spinning around in a circle. Spooky music's playing. Uh, if you turn your back, the ghosts approach you. It's Super Mario World. How can you deny that that's a spooky game? <laughs> Because they're friendly little ghosts. No totally way, man. They, no, those tongues are lolling out of their mouth in a hideous, disgusting, like a Jun- I mean, Junji right. Ito-esque if you, way. If you want to play out... Yeah, Super Mario World is also a horror game. I will concede that. <laughs> okay, I, I have another question here. Um, and they, they mm-hmm. didn't leave their name, which is really strange. Um, they just said, Does Dave like manicures or pedicures better? What do Dave's toenails look like? Uh, does Dave like to wear sandals that are just a little too tight for him? <laughs> I don't know. This... <laughs> I don't know who left this. Is this another one of those, uh, those like, you know, they're not actual listeners, but they want to do like some sort of role play thing in email? Is that what's going on here? No, no, I don't. Um, I, can, I can answer this. That's fine. I'll, I'll play along. Um, I have never had a manicure. I have had my toenails painted because my kids are into that now mm-hmm. so i do that with them um and that's i gotta say i didn't love it it was the first time i ever had it and it lasts a long time yeah it lasts too long uh, i i think if if it was a little more temporary i i could do it more but like i had like the same christmas colors well out of season and frankly it just wasn't i think i would enjoy a manicure more you know because like nobody likes a hangnail you know nobody likes a, a torn up cuticle and i get those all the time so that would probably be preferable what do my toes look like? Um, not great. Not great. I got to tell you. Some running. I've got some damage to the uh, to the big toe on my left foot. Uh, things aren't great. Things aren't aren't fantastic right now. Um, so if that's your thing, this is going to work out great. Do I like shoes that are too tight? Absolutely not. Because I got this. I got this busted toe, and uh, I would I would much rather have a looser sandal. Will I wear sandals and socks with impunity? Absolutely. So that right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I just added another Patreon tier if you want to see pics of all that. I'll send pics yeah. of anything for the right price. <laughs> Incredible. Um, let me see. I got a couple more little questions here. Uh, this one comes from, let's see, Megan writes, what would run a better government? Dogs, cats, birds, or fish? Well, we can rule out dogs right away. Oh, I don't know. I was leaning Highly dog. overrated. And the worst. <laughs> Overrated. Um, oh, yeah. This is your hottest take. That's right. I forget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say cats is like an obvious no-brainer. Uh, do you have any argument, you know, counter? 
I mean, dogs are smarter, smarter than cats. They uh, they can you're learn just, more you're things. You're lying into the li- you're lying into the ears of everyone. You don't even believe that. I do. What kind of? I mean, do you ever see a cat pulling a? Sleigh? You believe dogs are smarter than cats? I mean, do you see cats hurting other animals? No. Do you see cats? Uh, those are the two things I could think of: hurting and sled dogs. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> they can hurt sheep. Me- and they can pull labor. sleds. They can run a government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what event are you most looking forward to watching for the Olympics? Uh, um, well, Olympics, I like curling in the winter Olympics. Mm -hmm. I like, I do too. I'm always, I'm always hooked by gymnastics and often hooked a little bit by swimming. If there's like a story, um, I love basketball, but I don't love basketball Olympics. And, uh, I don't know what else is there. I like, I guess I I like like all the track and field stuff. The, the shot put and the javelin throw. That stuff's fun to me. Uh, see, I've gotten more bored with that in recent years. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Gymnastics and swimming probably in the summer. Or the Oh, beach volleyball is fun. Beach volleyball is great. Mm, yeah, um, we all know why you like beach volleyball. Oh, it's the thick women. <laughs> well, you come um, to it. Yeah. Um, there's a, I, I don't watch the Olympics much. Like, I, you know, I kind of tune in and out and just kind of watch highlights on YouTube or whatever. Criterion has a, uh, a one of their weirdest releases is this enormous 32 box set of Blu-rays of 53 movies about the Olympics over a hundred years covering is like movies about the Olympics. It's, it's not like, like, no, no, it's 50 like documentaries. No, yeah, no, it's documentaries. It's like 53 documentaries covering the Olympics. Like, I think it covers 41 Olympics throughout uh, the 100 years. That is very, that is very specific for the Olympic lover in your life. It's, Zach, tell it's me really this. Strange. How does Criterion work? I hear a lot of people talking about this. <laughs> oh, baby. I am glad what you Criterion asked. is. Oh, all right. Well, this is a, you just added a half hour to this podcast. Um, I, uh, Criterion's the only, like, physical media I really buy for DVDs. Uh, they're like a, um, they're a, a, they clean up movies, they put on special features, commission documentaries and commentaries for films, and they, like, preserve what they call, uh, what do they call it? Like, artistically important or, uh, historically important films, right? So they're the they're the pitchfork of movies, but they actually have have tricked you into buying a disc. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. this age, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of movies. They are gen- genuinely there are many many movies that are like classics of cinema from you know like the twenties, thirties through today that would just be lost if they didn't put in the effort to restore them. That are you know like now in beautiful. Like beautiful 4K restorations of movies that were like burned in fires, and you know they spent six months touching them up, and uh, yeah, they're great. They uh, you know they they have a wide array of things, westerns to samurai movies to a Beastie Boys music video collection. You know they kind of run this gamut of uh, really huh. really interesting stuff. So it, very very kind of hipster art house. I mean movie, sometimes, movie but then stuff. also like you know they have like Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee movies. Godzilla is in there, right? Like. You know, yes, sometimes it is totally like, here's a 10-hour Polish movie about, you know, uh, being hungry. You know, you have the money to eat. <laughs> you you have money to eat, but you're just hungry and don't want to eat. And here's 10 hours watching a man, like, struggle with that. Um, yeah, 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 very yeah, Andy no, Warhol. Yeah. No, I, um, I, uh, I kind of, okay, I use it I as it. a uh, springboard to, like, watch a bunch of stuff. So they have them ordered, right? They've been putting them out for decades now, and they have them, like ordered like one through 1010 now up to that point and i just finished uh watching the first 100 but they don't have last... they don't have like a netflix they don't have they do. like a, yeah, a cri- digital yeah, yeah, streaming they option? do criterion channel yeah. oh, okay yeah. all right i was gonna say this is yeah. all physical media this is yeah but they, things come and go from there uh you know so uh, not everything but like uh, online media is so fraught to me uh and it's nice because they they put a lot of care into the packages like the uh the actual cases look beautiful and they look really nice on a yeah. shelf so like a big part of it is just like they're aesthetically pleasing to have around right they're not the like thin case with the big blue um you know blue tab on the top each one like everyone is a totally different style you know hmm. so like like uh i just got do i feel like this kind of exists for comics but it's so bifurcated across publishers yeah oh yeah, yeah that yeah. there's not like one house you yeah. know but there's a lot of companies who are interested in restoration of older material although even some of that like if you really wanted to run it back you know, to the golden age or whatever, it's probably easier. I don't know about easier, but maybe it seems, I don't know. Does it, does it seem more likely to you that like movies would have artistic merit that is worth restoring to today than it does golden age comics where they were literal 
pulp distributed in mass for the, for the youth, you know? I like, think, I guess it kind of feels that way to me. I think so, because, like, even when I think about the Silver Age stuff that I adore, right? Like, Stanley and Jack Kirby stuff, right? Like, I love that stuff, and I love... Jack, but it, it's almost always... Jack Kirby's art is really, you know, like, distinct, and he is creating a whole style, and uh, he's got <laughs> yeah. his own aesthetic. But, like, I don't find them, like, you know, compelling works of human art like in the the same way that film you know was doing since the last you know 120 years or something um maybe not 120 about 100 you know uh but like yeah very rare you know like the actual stories of spider-man and fantastic four like they don't touch me on any human level right they're fun but they're kind of disposable entertainment and they're important for the ways that they built up a context and a uh you know a framework that people built on for years and years but like um yeah, yeah, yeah. You love movies so much more than you love comics. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a movie. I mean, I'm definitely movie I'm definitely guy the first. Opposite yeah, end of that spectrum. Um, yeah, don't don't care at all. No, I, I joke with like Rose about that once in a while. I'm like, once in a while, I'm just like, yeah, it's pretty funny. Like that I have a comic podcast when comics are like my third third or fourth favorite art form. <laughs> you know, like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love comics. I read comics probably. At least every other day, I you know read an issue or two of something, you know. So I'm always reading comics, but um, yeah. Uh, let's okay. see. You... This this advertisement was brought to you by the Criterion Channel. You can find more of their work Baby. at patreon.com/slash/mymarvelousyear. If anyone out there has subscribe. podcast experience and wants to do a Criterion podcast with me, I would do that in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. Um, and got Zach one more. Pitching other podcasts. Yep. <laughs> and and I will quit this podcast in a heartbeat. I will. I mean, burn this does uh, the does the My Marvelous Year concept exist for Criterion Channel? It seems like that. Yeah, a lot a lot of people have tried uh, to do that, and they you know they usually fizzle out like forty movies in or something. So yeah, I've I've seen quite a few. I see. There's I see. also a lot of like there's a weird there's a cult around it that is just about the like. Oh, that that's why I ask is because yeah. I'm seeing the cult. I'm seeing I'm. The... I'm, a, I'm probably like a two out of ten on the call like i like the movies but like as a company oh you sounded like a seven but like i'd say yeah i mean they, they just yeah yeah i guess I, I like what they do um but uh like they're like there are a lot of podcasts that just cover like hey what's criterion putting out this month right and they're not like engaging with the actual film right like the artwork itself it's just about the like it's like accounts that are just obsessed with like mcu news but don't ever actually like oh engage I mean, I critically with now, the mcu like i would yeah, like I would, I'm probably more into buying video games than I am playing video games now. Yeah, <laughs> like like time wise, I can, I can never seem to get to them. But if I see a sale on a game that sounds cool oh, yeah. and like it might be fun, yeah, yeah. the process of researching that game and reading reviews and such and analysis and then buying it, that's like that's my gaming experience now, which is pitiful. But uh, I do other things. I do yeah. lots of other things. And man, I wish I had that time, but I don't seem to. I got, so I got, uh, yeah, buying video games is the new video games. Everybody should get on it. Yes, it's that that that's very true. With the digital sales, it's too easy to have an enormous list of games you'll never play. I have one more question. Let's uh, let's get back to comics for this last one. I think. Um, last question. Yes. Ryan Burton at Ryan at writer Ryan B one on Twitter tweets. Hey guys, what would you say are the definitive runs of? And he's got a bunch of comics here. Uh, let's define definitive run before we start. Because uh, if we say definitive run as in, I don't know, I, I think this would be really easy if we just say, who made the run that, um, like, defined the character? I guess that's what definitive means. Because um, it would be like Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, well, and Stanley. I guess the rest I of mean, I could answer this. Matters. It's, it's Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Thor, Daredevil. I think we would just agree immediately, like, Stanley, Jack Kirby, for everything, Thor, Walt Simonson, Frank Miller, Daredevil, uh... And uh, who wrote Demon in a Bottle for Iron Man? Like uh, David Michelini, right? Yeah, Michelini. Um, but I, th- I think let's let's I don't know. Let's just say uh, what's your favorite run? I think that's kind of a little more fun and less you know like obvious. So what's your favorite run? Yeah, of definitive. Four? Definitive winds up more a reflection of I guess historical weight and importance. Um, so sure, let's do favorite. Oh, I, right, I said the, I, the first. Sorry, I said Kirby for Spider Man. It's Ditko. Just wanna just before I get a million tweets it, like all of you. Is do. it though? Yeah debate yeah <laughs> uh, all right who's the first character spidey spidey yep what's your favorite spider-man run favorite run not favorite story i don't know whatever i can do whatever question you want no not whatever all right it there says it says i games. mean we're gonna throw out one word but let's stick to the other one <laughs> yeah uh what is my favorite spidey run that one actually probably is lee and dicko um 
and then into Romita Jr. Like those first, those first, yeah. uh, a hundred issues. I think that's my favorite Spidey run. Do you have, do you have a preference to that? No, I, I mean because as far I, as I I've like, read, yes, that I agree with that. I like um, right. Superior Spider-Man in modern times, but I would never say the Dan Slott run in its entirety. Um, that's too full of holes for me. Uh, if you, I mean, like Jam Demetrius did really interesting things, but it's kind of chopped up. Roger Stern run, we were pretty pretty lukewarm on. Um, Get into the ninety. I mean the the Larson, McFarlane, Mike Liney stuff. Definitely not my favorite. Like it's um, a bunch of like fun stuff but... there. That's like it's just a little too slight or a little too short. You know, like um, the JMD Mateus stuff. Like he's just not on it long enough. Even though Craven's Last yeah. Hunt, I think, is stronger than anything from the like the gold or the Silver Age. I, I think you know, like that's all I'm thinking of. Those five issues, right? So like, I can't. Well, remember. and I've said this, or, or at least I've thought about it. We've probably talked about it, but like I don't. In my lifetime that I've been into comics, yeah. there has not been a Spider-Man run that had me, like, really excited and wanting to collect it in shops. You know, again, like, Superior Spider-Man is probably the closest thing to that for me. Um, but there has not been that moment. Life story? Kind of like X-Men had in 2019. That's not a run. That's a limited mm. series. You know, that's six okay. issues. I haven't um, read it. I have it. It's right behind me. But, like, yeah, no, like, like the Chip Zdarsky stuff he's doing now, like, with his What If series with Spider-Shadow, it's really good. Um, so Zdarsky might have a really cool sort of what if series, but like, it's not, I'm thinking of, you know, amazing, spectacular, friendly neighborhood, whatever runs. Um, there just hasn't been that moment yet for Spidey in my lifetime. So, uh, somebody has got to, somebody has got to crack that case, but yeah. All right. Fantastic four. What's your fave? I mean, I'll just John Byrne by like a mile for me. Uh, Jonathan Hickman yeah. and company by several thousand miles. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten to that. I'm very excited based on the, you know. The X-Men, Hickman stuff I've read. I really like Wade Ring- Waringo in the early 2000s as well. Hmm, cool. Haven't haven't checked that out. What do you, what <clears throat> is Slots writing Fantastic Four right now, right? Yes. How uh, how's that? Are you reading that? <laughs> <laughs> he he's fallen out of grace, huh? Big time. Yeah. yeah Some yeah. of that's of his own making. Yeah, uh, yeah. His own personality, his own social media behavior. Yeah. Um right. in terms of writing, I mean Fantastic Four is it is middle of the road, but then it feels much, much worse because it's this big relaunch of the series. Right, they vanished for and years. It's and, just yeah. why put the why keep this in middle of the road average territory? Yeah, when you could make it much more interesting. Uh, Doctor Strange. <clears throat> so, like the go-to Doctor Strange reference is always Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martins the Oath, but that's only five issues. That's not a run. Um, does Doctor? Sh- I mean, oh. I don't have one. Like, I mean, I, I like... Because I mean, once you get to the 2000s, there's, like, never an ongoing Doctor Strange until Jason Aaron. And I would never call that definitive nor my favorite. It's fine. Um, Mark Wade stuff, I was not that into. That was, again, very average. I think it's Lee Dicko again for this. Um, I know there's big advocates of this, uh, the Steve Englehart 70s stuff. I think probably yeah. in another lifetime that would be more interesting to me but i'd go uh i'd go lee dicko search for eternity again yeah i i mean i don't even i haven't even read more than <clears throat> 10 issues of it maybe something like that but the uh the mark wade doctor strange surgeon supreme but that's not because i love it it's just because i haven't that's your pick else. yeah but i mean what else <laughs> like there's nothing well, else I, that what I, I just said the the origins i mean i don't like those that much they don't they don't really i'd rather read mark wade's You'd rather read very average. Well, that's just. I'd rather read very average modern comics than. Yeah, totally. But, like, yeah. I mean, Ditko's Doctor Strange does not do much for me. Ditko's Spider Man, I can go back and read and have fun with. Anyway, uh, Iron Man. It's your favorite Iron Man. See, now, the Fraction LaRocca run, which is probably the modern go to, is actually one of my lesser read runs. Like, I haven't really. I haven't read that in full all the way through. So. I'm hesitant to pick that. Um, it's actually kind of a tricky question. I think I think maybe I do go back to, well, I guess the Michelini and Leighton stuff because that gives you Demon in the Bottle, um, which is quite good. Yeah. I'm trying to think like around that. Uh, that's my answer. Yeah, the Michelini run. Yeah. I, I, just, I mean, part of that is I haven't read past 92 Iron Man, but um, yeah, that's like definitely how much the, the most I've enjoyed. Well, you have like Extremis, which was Warren Ellis and 80 grand off, but that's only six issues. And like that yeah. was oh, I've, I've read that a while deal, ago. Yeah. But that's not much of a run. I mean, the Fraction of the Rocka one is from 2008 to 2012, I want to say. And that is definitely the most highly regarded. But it's kind of weird that like 
Because since after that, you get Karen Gillan on the title, you get Dan Slott most recently. There's, there's not, there really hasn't been a moment, which is actually kind of bonkers when you think about how big Iron Man is at this point in time. I really like the uh, the 2018 Ironheart series. Oh, right. Know. Then you get Bendis on it. Yeah. Wait, is he is he writing that one? No, the Ewing, the Ewing run. Right, the po- that's after Bendis. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read the the origins. Uh, <laughs> Somebody in the chat says Orson Scott card for Iron Man, which how could we forget? Blue, how dare we blue forget? baby. His whole body is a brain. Breathes through his, his skin, lights blue. on fire. Uh, yeah, that one's incredible. Uh, Thor. Thor. Well, you got so, Thor the Mighty Avenger. Yeah, which is a short lived that... all ages book. Okay, is it with JMS does a run of Thor, right? JMS does run in the 2000s. I mean, the, I mean it's Walt Simonson's Thor for me. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking of what It's the... Jason Aaron for me, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's actually a fair I, contender. I, I mean, that run is so fun to me. And I love, like, that he totally switches up styles a few times. Like, those first few arcs of, like, the God Butcher and the God Bomb oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, is such a departure from the later stuff when he gets into the Mighty Thor. But they all just work. It works well together. Like, the... Uh, the um. Oh my god, the the elf. I can't remember his name, but that whole... Uh, Malekith. Yeah, War of the Realms build-up stuff. Uh, it's really good. I Simonson really... stuff's more important, but yes. inner, I would much yeah. rather read. I would just sit down and read the God Butcher. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as much as I don't actually love reading those Simonson Thor stuff, he did, like, the Claremont thing of bringing in, like, here's, you know, expanding the world greatly and making, you know, a million new Makes little, a, a new little toys to play with. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Here's. Oh, uh, before we get to the last one, I'm going to insert one. Captain America. <clears throat> this one, because uh, you got you got Demetrius, you got Grunwald, um, and uh, what uh, the Sean Phillips and um, Brubaker run, right? Tennessee Coates. Yeah, the, all good runs. The only right? difficulty. Yeah, I actually, I actually quite like the Tennessee Coates run right now. Um, I mean, it's Brubaker and Epting for me. It's not Sean Phillips. It's actually Steve Epting. Oh, okay. Um, I would. That run's amazing. I would much rather read that. I think the Grunwald stuff is probably a little underrated because it's quote unquote old. Yeah. You know? But uh the Grunwald stuff's really good. But I, I would go. It's, re- it's really close between the Grunwald run and the Demateus for me, but like I find myself leaning Demateus because of how much I like that US agent stuff. Or not Demateus, the Grunwald. Well you mean the US Grunwald, agent, then. yeah. Um, um yeah. Demetrius stuff is pretty underrated. That's I think actually, that's super that's underrated. People talk about Grunwald. Yeah. People don't talk about the Demetrius run. I think there's a lot there. Yeah. All right, and then finally, the last one, and I think probably the hardest, Daredevil, because he just has. Oh, this isn't this isn't hard. Oh, for me, I, I mean, there's there's some. I just figured because uh, you know, like Brian. There's Mike, a lot Brian of Michael Bendis. Chip Zdarsky is writing like an incredible one right now. I'm like halfway through the Zdarsky run right now. I decided to just start reading it. It's amazing. It's really good. It's amazing. And but we were, we I were mean, just talking but about it's Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, can't. everything, everything after that is in response with the exception of Nascenti, oddly enough. Yeah. But everything yeah. else that is considered Honestly, like, after that, it, it is in response. It's Miller. It's Miller and Jensen for me as well, but Nascenti's not that far behind and reading this Zdarsky run. I'm like, man, this is close to being like in contention for me. It's so good. I, Right now, I like Chip stuff better than the Bendis and Brubaker stuff of the 2000s. Yeah, and I, but I loved that Bendis. I'm, loved I am, I mean, just for what I've read of Bendis, I'm skeptical that I'm going to be as hot on the uh, the Daredevil run as everybody else is. But you know, I'm, I think you probably, I think you missed your window. I never, I never dislike Bendis, but he is never like I've never just. But been. you've read a lot of his stuff now. You know, yeah, I know his style. You know and what it's it is, and you know all the trappings, and you know all I the love. jokes, yeah. and that's that means you missed your window. Yeah, which is. You know, fine by me. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll read it. I'm, I'm sure I'll like it. Like, there's very little I've read of Bendis that I'm just like, well, I hate this. It's usually just like, oh, this is pretty good. He does some stuff that annoys me. He does some stuff well. Um, I, I think it's interesting. We we had this whole conversation about uh, superheroes killing in Galactic Storm, right? And that like that whole question and what stories yeah. you need to like stick with. You know, like don't do that in a World War II Captain America story. Do do that with a. You know, a Daredevil story, and then I immediately started reading the Zdarsky run, and that deals with that in, like, a really interesting way, you know? Like, that, yeah. that is all right. over that run of just, like, what does it mean to say you're not going to kill, but also beat people t- within an inch of their life, right? <laughs> you know? And, like, he uses Punisher so well. Man, that run, I'm having a ton of fun with that run. Um, okay. Any uh Any other questions that you had pulled up that I didn't have? No, let's let's call it because we've been recording for a long time. Yep, Thanks to everybody who submitted your questions. That was great. Um, again, you can find ways to support the show over patreon.com slash mymarl this year. You can find all the issues that we're going to be reading next in the show notes. 
I'm Dave. You can find me at Comic Book Herald. He's Zach. You can find him at My Marvel This Year. Music for the show is by Disaster Piece. And I think that's going to do it for us. Anything else we need to plug here? Um, nope. Oh, I will just say there should have been adverts throughout this, but if you still want to get in uh, your emails um, or uh, however you're doing it for either proof of donations um, or to get to record with Zach, we're doing if you if you have proof of donation up to $100 to a charity related to uh, transgender I, rights. I, I actually kind of want to stick to the Trans Law Center specifically, uh, just because there's a lot of, you know, I think we chose one that we're both comfortable with. There's a lot of, like, iffy ones out there that, you know, there's differing opinions about which ones, uh, you know, are doing important work and which ones are spinning their wheels. So I, I think we, we chose a good one, the Trans Law Center. Okay, yeah. we stand by that. Um, but if you want to send that, you can send it to mymarvelfuture.gmail.com. You can get to record an episode with Zach talking about a comic of your choice. Uh, and also, if you want to send in proof of rating or reviewing the My Marvel Share podcast, which we would love it if you do over on iTunes, again, throughout the month of June, if you can do that, um, you can be entered into win the Marvel Legends Build a Stiltman action figure set. Uh, I just want to say, we've raised $700 already for the, the Transgender Law Center, which is very cool. And, uh, you know, you have time to jump in. Just an example to, like, maybe get people excited the the comics that i'm going to be covering with people um day tripper uh some old is it uh rosa don rosa i think um uncle scrooge comics i'm going to be covering the runaways i'm going to be covering some avatar the last airbender comics um D- <laughs> someone in the slack picked dc's um not infinite crisis what's the one that grant morrison wrote uh final crisis Final Crisis. Final Crisis, which I'm going to go in context-free. I'm going to jump right into it without reading anything else of that era. <clears throat> so if you want to make me read, you know, something bonkers and wild and, uh, you know, totally unlike what we usually cover, yeah, definitely definitely go drop a donation. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. You done? Yeah. You good? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, did you end the podcast? Nope, you have to <laughs> say see you next year. I have to? Well, you don't have you to. Couldn't but... say, uh, you couldn't say we'll see you next year? It's, I tried a couple episodes ago. It's and too it was, weird. Yeah, it's really weird too if weird. I say it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next year. See you next year. See you next year.